Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Fitness First Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Mays with Jake's Fitness and Nutrition Coaching, and today I have a very special guest, Coach Jackie. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about you and why you love doing what you do. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. My name is Jackie. I am a registered nurse with 26 years experience now. So I've been a nurse for 26 years. Yeah. I'm also a nutrition and fitness coach and I work with Team BioLane. So if any of you uh, follow the nutrition field, then you are probably uh, know of Lane Norton. So I work for Lane Norton for his coaching company and I have been with his company for two years now. So as far as why I do what I do. So Being in the hospital setting, I worked in the hospital setting for 23 years. I saw firsthand the things that happen when people don't take care of their health, right? So I saw that in the hospital setting, people coming in with things that really could have been prevented if they would have had a healthier lifestyle. So lifestyle diseases such as type 2 diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, all of these things that you could really reduce your risk of of getting these diseases if you live a a healthy lifestyle. So that is how I kind of moved in from or moved from um, the medical field and more into the prevention side of things. So now I consider this more like preventative health care, what I do. Nice. Yeah. And, and so I kind of have a couple questions uh, just stemming off of that. Yeah. So first, first, you know, how'd you get linked up with uh, Lane Norton? I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I actually just met him and uh, I was at his seminar in Dallas. So we, yeah. so, you know, we, we did the whole seminar. I got to ask him a bunch of questions, which was super helpful for me because there aren't too many people online that I would trust like to give me accurate information, but he is definitely one of them. So how'd you get linked up with Lane and his team? Well, I followed him for years as well and the whole team for years. And it's a funny story because right when they announced, well, the way I found out about it is he he announced it on his stories. We are looking mm-hmm. for coaches. We're looking for nutrition coaches. If you guys are interested, submit your resume. Now, the funny thing is that two weeks prior to that, I started working with his ex-wife, Holly. So oh, Holly wow. was, was my nutrition coach. And it, the timing just kind of worked out that way. So I started working with Holly. She was my coach. And then all of a sudden, Lane announces that they're hiring. And I just saw that as a sign. <laughs> like the planets are aligning. What are what are the odds that this is going to happen, right? So I submitted my resume. I didn't even tell Holly that I had done so. Um, I went through the interview process and went through three rigorous interviews and, and got picked. So that's how, how I started with them. That's awesome. And and I I love that you had a coach because I feel like a lot of times people don't understand that like coaches need coaches, you know, like there's a there's a good chance that there's something I'm not currently doing that like I tell my clients to do all the time. And it's just a blind spot. Like I I remember I was at the I think I was at the chiropractor maybe, I can't remember. And uh something was bothering me and like my hips or my back or something and and my the chiropractor who was working on me was a friend of mine goes uh yeah so like are you strengthening your hips at all and i'm like no <laughs> she was like well don't you tell people to strengthen their hips like if they if they feel pain in a certain area i'm like yeah i do <laughs> I was like, I for some reason it just didn't equate for for me 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, I believe totally in the power of, of coaching. And you're absolutely right. Coaches need coaches. And even though we are so knowledgeable in our field, a lot of times when you're managing your own things, you kind of, um, you have that more of a subjective viewpoint, or you may second guess yourself or, you know, it's just different than when we're taking a look at our clients information where we do have that objective viewpoint. There's no emotion involved. You know, you can take a look at all of the data and make your decisions. Um, and when you're dealing with yourself, you're not quite as objective sometimes, or sometimes you just don't look at the big picture, something mm -hmm. that is so clear. We may not see when we're assessing our own data, right? Um, so yeah, I'm a big believer in coaching. Um, I still have a coach. I probably will always have a coach. I find it invaluable. And, and also it's someone, someone else that's an expert that you can really just collaborate with and, yep. and come up with a plan. And it's just so nice. So now um, Coach Bernardo, if you follow yep. him, he is my, my coach. So we have a, a great relationship. He's been my coach for 15 months now. And uh, my training has just taken off to a new level, having somebody else in charge of it. And that's another thing. We are so focused on our clients and this lets us really focus on our clients and not so much on ourselves. Somebody else can take care of my, my training. He's got that. He gives me the plan. I implement it and I can just focus on my clients. Oh, yeah. And uh, I so I follow Bernardo. Uh, me and Bernardo actually did a collab Instagram post, kind of like me and you did. Huh? Uh, as well. So uh, I've gotten to talk with him. I actually want to get him on here uh, next. I'm, I'm, I have a Astrid, uh, the, uh, another coach for, for Lane. Uh, she's going to come on the show. So, I mean, literally, I mean, I guess I'm just compiling as many <laughs> Lane Norton coaches as I can. Cause you guys really know your stuff and it's really nice to see online because there's just so much bullshit out there and it's so hard to see. And Personally, because kind of going back to the, the clinical side that we were just talking about with the preventable diseases, I think the confusing starting points for people is is a huge reason why the obesity crisis has gotten so bad. I, w would you agree? And like, how, how have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many factors really with the obesity crisis, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of it is it's just how, how our lives have changed over time. So when I was a kid... You know, in the 80s, we didn't have a lot of the conveniences that we have now. So if you wanted to go to the grocery store, you had to get up and go to the grocery store, right? If you wanted yeah, to yeah. buy something, you had to go out and buy something. So a lot of these things that are conveniences have really made us very sedentary. Um, so there is some great things to to those convenience, those convenience things like, um, you know, having your groceries delivered, Amazon, great things. But at the same time, if you're not mindful of your activity, how easy is it to be sedentary? So that that is definitely one of the factors. Also, serving sizes have just oh, increased yeah. in a in a restaurant. Like a happy meal when I was a kid was a small portion, and now a <laughs> happy meal or any any portion is is huge. So that's really for sure has made a difference. And and people are just so busy; they're not prioritizing their health. Um, stress levels are high. Just so many different things for sure have, have played a role. Yeah. And, and something that I found too, because I, I mean, nowadays, like that, like health and fitness information has never been easier to access, more abundant, not necessarily all correct, I would say, but this is something that I've seen from attempting to work with like potential clients. And, and maybe you have as well. 
it gets all the way down to the point where people like on a call will say something along the lines of, you know, I've been overweight my whole life, or I've had like this issue my whole life and I just can't do it anymore. And then it gets all the way down to actually starting the change or starting the coaching program. And then that's when they back out. And it's like, I, I, I wonder if that's similar to like the time, the times have changed in the sense that is it that people aren't willing to do the work anymore? Is it that the, the effort level is decreased almost maybe from that societal point of view of like, okay, now things have never been easier. Like you can get your groceries delivered. You don't have to leave your house. If you don't want to, you can work from home. So now the idea of adding in discomfort in some kind of way, especially to pay for the discomfort, like coaching services aren't free. So like you have to pay to make someone, make someone make you uncomfortable. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe that's an, another contributing factor to it. Have you seen that before on like uh, enrollment calls and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, not so much in enrollment calls, to be honest, because the people that come to me are ready to make a change. Mm -hmm. So I don't see that quite as much. And the people that come to me are pretty familiar with my content. They know what I stand for. You know, you do the work, you have to, you know, there's no shortcuts. Um, so when I first started, I kind of did see that before I was associated with BioLane, but now the type of people that come to me are, are ready to do the work and, and want to make the change. But I do see that more in my private life. Mm -hmm. So um, let's say friends, and they know I'm a nutrition and fitness coach. They know this is my lifestyle, but they want the easy, quick fix. Mm -hmm. And I saw that. I see that all the time. I have friends <laughs> that go from, from – um, um, Diet to diet, you know, these these quick fix diets, um, these these types of things. So they do that. Um, they try. They're, they're on Ozempic. They get on oh. these weight loss medications, which yes. they have their, their place for certain people that need them. But mm -hmm. if you want to lose 10 or 20 pounds and you haven't really ever followed a program, why are you going to go that route? Something so, so much more invasive. Um, so I do see that more so outside of the people that come to me. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess from an organic perspective, it happens less. If I if I ever try if I ever do like paid ads and I get like lead flow from ads and stuff like that, I think that's more so where I see that like not willingness, you know, to to take that like final step to really get it going. But yeah, I I've basically had four or five different conversations with people about something like Ozempic, uh, and I actually asked Lane about it uh, at the at the seminar that I went to with of his. And it's an interesting topic, you know, like I, some, like a, I, I just had another dietitian on my show. His name's Josh new and again, he's a very knowledgeable guy. I really love his stuff. And he was saying that he read a study recently that people that do Ozempic end up gaining, or it's like 80 or 90% of them end up gaining all the weight back and more because yeah. most doctor's offices, cl clinical offices that are prescribing Ozempic or at least administering it aren't advocating for really any lifestyle change. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that's like with any, anything, even people that have had um, weight loss surgery, if you don't change your lifestyle and those habits, then yes, you're going to gain the weight back. Same thing goes for, for any, anything. So you kind of have to really focus on the basics, changing your habits, changing your lifestyle. There are no quick fixes. You could try a fad diet. You could try a quick fix. Will you get results and lose some some weight? Yes, but 
the maintenance, that is really where a lot of people struggle is maintaining the weight loss. How do you maintain your results? How do you make this a lifestyle? So that is where I see a lot of people struggle and especially those that want that quick fix and want the fad. I mean, it's crazy. I have friends that have gone from fad diet to fad diet and they still don't get it. (laughs) They're still looking for a quick fix. (laughs) And unfortunately, I just don't think that's ever going to stop. I mean, for some people, they just don't believe it, but it's the same. It's the same people that like, will they'll do the, uh, the financial guru, uh, like certifications online and stuff that like, you know, get to your first million dollars before you're 30, you know, and like, and, and if this really worked, if this really worked, this guy would not be selling a course. He would be doing the thing and then making $10 million a year, $30 million a year, but he's not, he's selling this course about how to, how you should do it theoretically, (laughs) how it could possibly work. And technically like, yeah, like these diets could work, it's not that they can't work. That's uh, I had a, a podcast I released on Tuesday about like doing what works for you. Like, so for some people, they really enjoy intermittent fasting. And the point I try to make is that it's not a silver bullet. It's not like this ultimate diet that has the secret purpose to it. It's more so that when you eat for six hours a day, instead of 12 hours a day, you tend to eat less. You know, And so that kind of leads me to a question here. What's like, What's the diet you've heard about that just blew your mind? What's what's one that you were just like, oh my God, no way. No way people are doing this. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) I know, I'm putting you on spot. There's so many. Yeah. And I'm thinking back, it's funny. When I worked in the hospital setting, it's crazy that these people are are healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, scientists, really. I mean, (laughs) we have degrees in science. And they did the craziest diets. <laughs> so I had, I've seen them do um, like a, a, a cayenne pepper drink that mm. they drink every day, kind of like yep. a detox type of thing. Um, um, of course, um, removing a whole food group uh, okay. also. And, and it's like you said, pretty much anything will work if you're in a calorie deficit, right? As long as you're eating less calories than you're burning, you're going to lose weight. But how sustainable is that as well? If you are starving yourself, that's another thing. I've had people eating 900 calories a day and it's like, yeah, you're going to lose weight, but you can't adhere to this. You're going to start binging because you're starving. You're going to lose muscle. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So you have to do something that you can adhere to that works with your lifestyle. Um, with my clients personally, we, we do things a little, we don't go aggressive with the, with the deficit. We really don't. Um, we really try, I try and get them to lose weight or get to their goals with the highest calories possible where they have energy to train, where they feel good. They're able to function that it's not interfering with their sleep. So, um, you know, there really is a way to go about this and people need to be patient and realize it didn't take me, you know, two months to gain this weight. Well, how do you think you're going to lose all this weight in two months? It's just yeah. not realistic. You need to have realistic expectations going into this journey. Yeah. And uh, I tell you my, I think, biggest pet peeve in fitness. And then I'm going to let you tell me your biggest pet peeve in fitness is the, I, I would say the sellability of it. And what I mean by that is like, 
So it, it, if for an ad to be successful, like you got to mention weight loss or like in not a hundred percent of the time, but in the most successful fitness ads, you always got to mention weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. When really like I would love to put on an ad or tell somebody like, Hey, even if you don't lose any weight, if you just adhere to this calorie protein goal, and then you get in the gym, we start weight lift, weight training, you're going to lose the inches. Your clothes are going to fit better. You're going to feel more confident. You're going to feel sexy. Like, but that doesn't really sell because it, because you're telling someone they're going to be the same weight. And that's not everybody. Like, obviously if you're over 300 pounds, like there's weight to lose, obviously. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, like I had a lady come to me once who weighed like 126 pounds and she was like five, six, like she, like there was no reason she needed to be any lighter. And yeah. I told, and I told her that in the call, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I really don't think losing weight is, is what we need to do. And she was like, well, that's, that's all I'm That's all I want. That's all I'm going to do. So we ended up not working together because it's so much harder to sell, you know, a healthy body image and a healthy body is way easier to sell 20 pounds in 20 weeks. Personally, that one yeah. really gets me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think uh, what really um, grinds my gears is the same thing. These people that, that just aren't honest with their marketing and their message saying, mm-hmm. you know, do this. It's it's quick. It's easy. Get these results without exercising. I've seen ads like that too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a bad message because exercising is, is just so good for our health. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, like, like just focusing on the calories burned, you know, I, these, these classes that you could burn 500 calories, but really oh, yeah. if you make it about, about, you know, if you make it about the health benefits and like you said, that's not sexy, that doesn't sell, but um, exercise is so much more than about losing weight. There's so many health benefits and, and I, I agree. I, I do not like the quick and easy sell and people buy it. They buy it up because they want quick and easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the a lot of the biggest gyms in the country are owned by private equity groups. And, you know, a lot of them like operate at a loss for years because they sell like $10 memberships and stuff like that. And that's not to say, you know, like having a Planet Fitness membership is bad. It just means that they're not offering you anything. They're just going to give you access to the door and they are counting on the fact that you're not going to come. That's how those places stay open. At $10 a month, the overhead on a Planet Fitness has got to be insane. So you've got to have a thousand, two thousand members or whatever it is. And if all two thousand people showed up at once, the gym could not handle the volume of people. They're banking on you not coming. And that's where right. I feel like a lot of times people like for instance, when we talk about the price of like one on one coaching and they're like, Well, why would I do that? I can go to this planet fitness and get ten dollars a month. And you're like, Yeah, you could have done that for the last five years, but here we are talking on the phone, right? You know? So you know, I guess a good question that kind of leads that into is like, what would you tell somebody what is the biggest benefit of like working with you? Like one-on-one. Yeah. I tell them really it's an investment. It's Mm -hmm. an investment in your future in your future self in your health, because if you haven't been able to do it on your own, I mean, you need a little bit of help. And it's like, we all have our own um, specialties, right? If your car's broken, are you going to try and fix it yourself? If you're sick, are you going to try and, and figure it out? No. So a lot of people think they could do this on their own. And there is certainly a lot of great information out there, but there's also a lot of bad information. And knowing a lot of people don't know 
who's a good source of information, who's an yep. evidence-based person that I can trust what they're saying and kind of follow their lead. So it is definitely an investment. And, and to have someone that you can ask questions to, that's going to give you the proper advice, that's going to set up a whole plan for you. Like you, I'm giving you everything you need to know. Now it's your, your, your job is to implement it. And then to learn these habits and to implement these habits for the rest of your life. So I tell them from the beginning, this isn't a, a 24 month, a 24 week program. This is something for you to do f- throughout life, right? So the only difference is if we're doing a fat loss phase, sure, the calories are, you're going to be in a calorie deficit, but all the habits are going to remain the same in maintenance. So you're going to continue to, to focus on your nutrition, eating a nutrient dense stuff diet, making sure you're eating enough fiber, getting in your steps, being active, lifting weights. So I really focus on the big picture, not just the number on the scale. Um, and just when they see, it's pretty cool within a couple of weeks, how much better they feel. Yep. And they're like, wow, I feel so good. I have so much energy. Um, it's it's so rewarding. It really is. And for them to to change their, their lifestyle. And I have clients from two years ago that, that'll send me an email like, I've maintained my results. You changed my life. You taught me so much. Um, so for them to have that knowledge now, because knowledge is power, we can give them that knowledge that they could just use forever. Oh, yeah. And and I think when when somebody actually messages, emails, texts you, whatever, however you communicate and tells you that it's a win that's not the scale, that means so much more. Oh, oh my gosh. It really, it really does. Like the first time I had somebody tell me that, that's what made me fall in love with, with coaching one-on-one. And I remember the first client I ever coached, she like, I was coaching at a CrossFit gym and she was like, you know, she just asked me to do nutrition because I was a coach there. Right. Like I, you know, I, I don't even remember if I was certified at that point, but like I was a broke college kid and she, she was like, Hey, you do nutrition for yourself. Like you knew mine. I was like, yeah, sure. I, I'm sure I could do it. And, uh, at one, you know, at one point the scale wasn't really moving for her and, and I thought I was, you know, I was failing or I wasn't doing what she needed to do. And then we did like body measurements and she had mm-hmm. lost 10 inches on, on her body measurements. Oh. And I was like, and that was like my first experience as a coach to be like, oh yeah. Like, cause I, I fell into the same thing. Like the scales is going to show us the progress. And like, it really doesn't. And I know for me and you now, it feels like common knowledge, but it really isn't. It really isn't for people. Like even uh, kind of go back on something you said earlier, um, like people needing that one-on-one attention. Uh, like I, I ran an ad recently on Facebook and it had the option for a call to like talk about one-on-one coaching and the amount of no's that it got for the amount of people that also wrote in that they had struggled with it for their entire lives was insane. Yeah. Like it was actually a, a little funny because I was like, so what if your car, like you said, if your car was broken your whole life, you, you just say you haven't figured out how to fix it. You're just still out there walking or riding your bike because you can't fix a car. You're still not willing to invest the time, the resources into hiring someone that can help you. I mean, out of like 130 people, I would say, I don't know, 20 of them said that it had been a lifelong issue or 30 of them had said a lifelong issue and maybe one of those lifelong issues or two were like, yes, please give me a call. Let's talk about one-on-one coaching. Did you yeah. ever think maybe that's why that might be why you struggled with it forever? 
Exactly. Yeah. And, and the prioritizing too, you have to make mm -hmm. it a priority. And uh, I've seen a lot of people write posts, which is so true. You spend, you don't think twice about spending over a thousand dollars on a phone, right? The newest version, every yep. year you get the newest version of a phone, but you're not going to invest in yourself and in your health, which is the most important thing, really. Without your health, you have nothing, you know? So oh, yeah. to me, that's important investment is to invest in your health, to being healthy, to doing these preventative measures. Um, because who I, I see people my own age, I'm 50 and I see people my own age and I'm like, wow, what a difference. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> this is you, you're, you are a walking advertisement. You don't look, what the Thank fuck? You. You, don't, you don't look 50. That's crazy. I'm 50 years old. And, and when I go to, okay. to functions with people my own age, like you could really see the difference. Yeah. And the only difference is the way I leave, lead my lifestyle. It makes such a huge difference. Oh, yeah. I, I work with, a, I, I do personal training with a guy who is in his 60s and at like 40 or like 42. I can't remember. It was one of those. His cardiologist told him that he should stop weight training. And he should only oh, walk and do, I think, yoga for the rest of his life. And he told him, he's like, yeah, you're out of that age now. Like, you, it, it is a young man's game that you're not, you're not going to play anymore. And uh, so, you know, we've been, working together, we've been working together a year now. And he came to me with shoulder pain, knee pain, hip pain. And, like, all of that is gone. The, the only pain he has now is the injury he sustained skiing, <laughs> which, you know, he couldn't could hardly get up off the ground by himself. And like now he's doing sets of 20 on pushups, you know, it's, it's just mind blowing to me. Cause I've heard other men say it too, that like after a certain age, men can't build muscle anymore. And like, and like maybe not like when you were 25, but the idea that you're a living, breathing organism who can't build or sustain muscle mass, it doesn't make any sense. Like where, where does something like that even come from? Yeah, there's just so much misinformation out there. And, and even in the medical field, you know, um, physicians really don't get training on nutrition. And I've had many clients that are that are physicians, and I give them this information. And they're like, I didn't learn any of this in medical school, they don't have the training. So they just don't know, right? Yep. Um, and, and they're just not trained in this. So that's why there's, there's people that are, that are fitness professionals and, and doctors mean well, but they have a different specialty. Um, they are not trained in a lot of these things. So, um, yeah, there really is a lot, a lot of misinformation out there. And, and that's when I see a lot, I'll go ahead and, and elaborate on that. But, um, a lot of my clients are around my age group, you know, they're going through perimenopause, they're going through menopause and they think they cannot gain muscle. They think once I turn 40, I started gaining weight. Um, my metabolism is broken. And, and it's just not true. You know, a lot, most of the studies say that it's not until after 60 that your metabolism lowers. And just a little bit. It's not yep. by a lot. So it's really the lifestyle that's making a big difference. And people don't realize this. So absolutely, you can gain muscle after the age of 40. I actually didn't start weight training until... 45. So the physique that I have oh, built, wow. built in my mid forties and yeah. I've made a huge progress. Um, and it's also because just the time that I grew up, the lack of knowledge, I didn't have the proper information. You know, I did cart cardio. That's what was popular in the eighties and nineties, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so just that, that lack of information. So, 
Um, very much you can build muscle. And I have these ladies in their 40s and 50s lifting weights, feeling empowered, not scared to go into the gym anymore. And, and it's just really, really cool to, to, see, to see them doing that. So this this is one I'm sure a lot of ladies would love to know, especially ones approaching fifties. Sure. What would you what what do you tell somebody who comes to you and says that their metabolism is either broken or it's slowed down significantly uh, on like a call? What what would you tell them? I would tell them that you know they can't assume that you know without proper lab work, you really don't know. You can't really assume certain things like people will say, Oh, my hormones are out of whack. And I'll ask them, well, have you had that checked? And no, they haven't. (laughs) So how can you say a blanket statement without data? So, you know, you can't really make any assumptions without data. So I tell them, you know, even if you do have a hormonal problem, let's just say you do get your hormones checked. You do have a problem. Maybe it's your thyroid. Well, there's treatments for that. So if it's something medical, then, you know, you see a doctor and we take care of that. And I've had patients, uh, patients, I'm sorry, clients. Uh, co- sometimes I say patients. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I still work as a nurse. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I, I have clients come and say, well, I have hypothyroidism. I can't lose weight. And I'm like, okay, are you on the proper medication? Are you taking Synthroid? Yes, yes. What are your, your thyroid levels? They're normal. Okay, well, if your thyroid levels are normal, you could lose weight Uh, just like anybody else. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of following the plan, implementing these steps I'm going to tell you to do and, and take it from there. And, and they are pretty much blown away when they implement these things that, Oh, I'm not broken. I can do this. Oh yeah. And, uh, I've even worked with people too that had, uh, uh, yeah, they had issues with their thyroid and, and not necessarily like weight loss was, it's not that the scale moved a ton. It was more so that their body fat still dropped significantly. So again, that kind of, again, ties it all the way back to the fact that the scale is not a great measure because a lot of those people still built a lot of lean muscle and they still felt better. They still had more energy, but yeah, like the scale just didn't quite move as much as they wanted to. Well, Jackie, I really appreciate you coming on and I just want to kind of give you the floor here to tell everyone, you know, where they can contact you, where they can find out more about you. You're such a knowledgeable coach and so many people, especially women in their 50s, would love to know your secret and love to know uh, how they can reach you and work with you. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Nutrition with Nurse Jackie is my my page. And that's the best way to reach me, really. Just send me a DM. Or you can also email me at Jacqueline at BioLane.com is my email. And yeah, feel free to follow me for health and fitness content. Or if you want to work with me, also, you can you can contact me. But it was so fun to be here. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, guys, you got to follow Nurse Jackie. Hey, have you ever have you ever like seen the show Nurse Jackie? You know, I'm talking about on Netflix. Did you ever do you ever hear about that? Yes. (laughs) When I worked at the hospital, people always told me, oh, Nurse Jackie, like the show. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, except I'm not a drug addict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good to know. Nurse Jackie is not a yeah. drug addict. That is good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jackie. And guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fitness First podcast. And I will see you next time.